Leafs fans, what is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. I'm your host, Norman James. Thanks so much for being here for this episode. Mike Agello, my podcast partner in crime, is standing by. He and I are going to talk about the booing of Jake Gardner at Scotiabank Arena recently. Was it outrageous? No. Was it unnecessary? Absolutely. I'm telling you, this is getting exhausting. We know what Jake Gardner is. We know what he brings, his strengths, his weaknesses. We thought we'd figure this thing out, but I guess not. So here we go. Mike's ready. I'm ready. And so are you. The Leafs combo starts now. And we've linked up with Mike Jello. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Norman. I am well. How are you doing? Not too bad. How do you feel about Jake Gardner today? Well, it's funny because I wrote a lengthy piece on Hockey Buzz yesterday and um, as everybody knows, and anybody who listens to the convo knows, we, you know, I've been a critic of Gardner for years, but I sort of, in a way, had to come to his defense yesterday. And I mean, he is what he is. He's an offensive defenseman who's not been strong in his own zone. Uh, we've known that for years. He, you know, but, but there's a room. There's room for that in the NHL. A guy like Mike Green, who's in his mid 30s, is the same defenseman that he was 10 years ago. But he can score 50 points and he can point a point on the power play. So he has a worth. Where where Gardner has sort of been victimized or or you know I think made a little bit of a scapegoat is because of the failures of the of the Leaf management and coaching staff to realize. That is all he is. And, you know, I've, I, like I said in my piece, you know, they, uh, Lou Lamorello missed out on trading for Ryan McDonough at the deadline last year. It was too hefty of a price. Uh, they missed out on getting Travis Hamannick, uh, at, before the draft in Chicago. There have probably been other deals where they've pulled back and said no on defensemen. And, and the problem is when you're a team playing Ron Hainsey 22 minutes a night and you're a partner with Nikita Zaitsev, who, a lot of people like to, to kill, but Nikita Zaitsev was an offensive defenseman in the KHL who scored 34 points in his rookie year. And after the Leafs signed him to a seven-year extension, they basically told him, we want you to be the responsible guy so Jake Gardner can jump into the rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a good defense. And they've known that for a couple of years. And now the chickens are coming home to roost because they are a contending team and they need to upgrade their blue line. And And I think that, you know, Gardner had a bad three games with giveaways in each one of them, but he is not really at fault. The larger problem is this team's defense just is not good enough. This is the Leafs combo. Norman James with Mike Jello. Is Jake Gardner a star? No, he's not a star. He's, he's a good defenseman. I, I, I bristled at the, the reaction of some, you know, some insiders and some people who covered this team that said he's a very good defenseman. He's a good defenseman. He's, you know, he's an offensive defenseman. He, I, I consider him a one zone player. He, mm-hmm. He's good. In, he's good in the offensive zone. He can skate. He can rush the puck. The le- the less time he can handle the puck in his own zone, the better. And and that's the thing. Mike Babcock uses him the most in five-on-five situations. That should never be the case. Two years ago, he had his best year when Babcock limited his exposure against top lines. Mm-hmm. If you can do that and play him 20 minutes a game, which is possible, you get the best out of him. You, you accentuate the positive. But that's not what they're doing. They're playing him more minutes than he should because they don't have anybody else. Gardner's supporters want it both ways. They consider him a star, but when he Fs up the way he has, they're looking for someone else to blame besides Gardner. Yet if you're a star player, more is expected of you. And that's the point we have been making on this 
podcast since we started in March of 2018. The discussion about Gardner yesterday heated and incoherent at points. And we're going around in circles because we've Mm -hmm. been all over Jake Gardner uh, throughout the past several months stating ad nauseum his incredible talents and how his gifts can compensate for the things that he lacks. Now, let me just get to the booing. I don't think you should boo. I mean, you can boo your team collectively after a terrible period, excuse me, or something that just went pear-shaped and doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But booing players, I don't care so much about the players' feelings. I just think the booing is a wasted emotion. And I think it's, it's kind of amateur. So the booing of Jake Gardner, I'm not with. That said, it is your right to boo. And we, we can't tell people how they should expend their emotions, emotions that they have the privilege of demonstrating or displaying based on the fact they spent money on ticket prices. Right. I don't think it was necessary. Those worried about Jake Gardner's feelings Again, this is kind of the victim thing where, oh, poor Jake Gardner. He's just misunderstood. He's a great player. Anytime he has a F up or something goes wrong with his game, it's someone else's fault. And what I would say to that is if you have so much affection and care and pity for Jake Gardner, who takes all of this abuse, and you still believe he's an amazing player, I hope you feel the same sympathy and care and concern for someone like Ron Hainsey, who should be put out to pasture, but is playing in positions that he should not be at this point of his career. There's a a certain element of hypocrisy with a lot of Leafs fans who want to shame those who get on Jake Gardner, but feel it's okay to take runs at Ron Hainsey um, or other players who aren't of the status of Jake Gardner, but they're expected to do more while Jake Gardner is expected to do less. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And that's where I'm having this difficulty accepting the sympathy for Jake Gardner, because I find a lot of it is wrapped up in hypocrisy. And I think the other thing is we are talking about this because the Leafs haven't been playing too well lately. Right. I'm not going to scold Leaf fans for an emotional reaction. It's like he made a bad play on the Soderbergh goal. He should have won the battle. He didn't win the battle. He's made giveaways, you know, as I call them, Gardnerian giveaways the last three games. And and obviously the scar tissue of game seven against the Bruins is still there. It'll always be there when it comes to Jake Gardner. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, bad Toronto fans, you shouldn't boo the guy you paid, you know, I had somebody offer me a ticket to the, to the game, uh, the Monday's game. It was $145. That was face value for it. And I, 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 I couldn't do it because of, because of scheduling issues. Um, and, uh, you know, if people are paying hundreds of dollars, they have the right not to throw things on the ice or be belligerent, but if they want to boo, they have every right to. And I, I do see what, what you mentioned in terms of there being sort of a blame game. You know, I've heard some people say, well, it's Nikita Zaitsev, you know, his, his defense of partner. Of course. And, and, it's, and it's like, I mean, please. I mean, Nikita Zaitsev was not on the ice when he lost that battle to Soderbergh. He has had bad giveaways when mm-hmm. Dion Phaneuf was, was, was his defense partner and other partners. So it's not 
Zaitsev. It's not Fanuf. It's Gardner. Gardner is not a good defensive player. Now, he can rush the puck. He can score. He can point a power play. And that's why he'll make six-plus million dollars in free agency next year. But it won't be with Toronto because Toronto knows what he is, and they need to move on and improve their defense. We're wasting a lot of energy and a lot of emotion we're creating a lot more division within this fan base, which I believe needs a divorce <laughs> over a guy who will not be here whenever the Leafs season ends. The idea of him coming back, and it's nothing to do with his F-ups, or, and I want to swear, Mike, but I'm, I'm trying to hold off, um, his problems or his, his de- offensive deficiencies. It just comes down to the fact, we have to repeat this again, there are guys who are knocking at the door and are ready to take Gardner's place, who are cheaper and are probably going to be better. And there's not just one, there's several of them. Well, just just to put a bow on the, and not, not Gardner specifically, but you can see the, I think Kyle Dubas, you know, I think before this whole situation happened, you know, the, the aim of the organization uh, and everything that I've heard is that they're going to they're going to be significant upgrades before the deadline and they have the cap space. And we, we've talked about the fact that, you know, they, they've got this one year window in terms of the cap space. So I, I think that that, you know, that is where Dubas is going to um, you know make his mark this season. And and the encouraging thing is a Pierre Lebrun reported yesterday that the, basically the Leafs have put their first round pick, the 2019 first round pick on the table, saying if they can get themselves a top four defense in a deal that the, the first round pick is is something they would trade now yeah. that you know this is an organization that has kept their first round picks in recent years they traded seconds they they've not wanted to trade their firsts and they, they got away from the philosophy of Brian Burke and trading two first round picks for Phil Kessel. And that's the reason why that that's the reason why they're in a much better posture. Now they've built up their organization enough that they can afford to trade a pick that'll probably be in the twenties, but they, they're going to need a defenseman with term with a more than a year left in his contract, which would be the Jake Gardner replacement. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that, a first round pick in and of itself is going to be enough to get a uh, Alex Pitarangelo or a uh, Colton Pareko or whoever else is out there. You know, it, it'll, it'll sort of filter out over the next six weeks, but you can look and see that the Leafs are prepared to pay a price to get that defenseman. And then I would like to see what their defense looks like going into the playoffs with another piece probably taking Tom uh, Ron Hainsey out of the top four and putting him at the bottom pairing where he probably belongs right now. Yeah, absolutely. Where he belongs right now, that's just obvious, Mike. Look at his age. The guy's done a lot of great things. He's just miscast. He's doing things that he shouldn't, the same way Jake Gardner is doing things that he shouldn't. If the defense situation continues to be a crapshoot, it is what it is until management can fix it, Okay. In the meantime, this team has to find a way to ramp up all of its incredible attributes, characteristics, traits, pack those weapons to the hilt, and start firing. Because if not, uh, um, they're going to lose some ground here. And it's not only in the standings, they're going to lose some ground psychologically. Use your weapons, use your tools, go get it. You look at the standings and the Bruins are a point behind them and Montreal is a point behind them, although they have games in hand on Montreal and Boston. So it's starting to get a little dicey. And, 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 and we've said this before. 
the defense is a problem, but it's the exposure of the problem has occurred over the last three or four weeks because Freddie Anderson's been hurt and you're getting not Vesna caliber goaltending out of Garrett Sparks or Michael Hutchinson, but, you know, average good to average goaltending and they're not scoring as much other than Marner and Tavares. And they had a bad night against, uh, against Colorado. Tavares was minus four. I think Marner was minus two or minus three and gave up the puck on the, on the shorthanded goal. You know, other than those guys, you know, Matthews is not scoring. Nylander's problems have been chronicled. Uh, Patrick Marlowe is struggling. So, you know, you, you have a, a lull offensively, you have a string of average goaltending and you have a defense, which is, not great. So right now everything is sort of in a lull and they're playing Tampa Bay on Thursday. And that is going to be a, you know, I know some people are saying, well, this might be the best thing for the Leafs to play, you know, to play Tampa Bay now, you know, so they have a, a way to unite and, and whatever. And I'm like, this is the worst time that you play, that you're playing Tampa Bay. You know, you're struggling right now and you're playing a team that is going on all eight cylinders that has, I think, 74 points or some ridiculous amount. That's the way the schedule is. And we'll see what happens. Just go at it. Be amazing. There's no waiting anymore. Go and do it. You have a great test on Thursday against the best team in the league, a team that you aspire to be, a team that you think you're probably as good as in some situations. Go and prove it. There's no more waiting around. I don't care about the driving puck possession and how all you know they're going to be fine. It's time to be fine. The one encouraging thing about Nealander is the last two games in the first period, he has probably been the best Toronto player on the ice. He was great against Boston in the first period. He was great against Colorado in the first period, flying around. I, I, I start to buy into the fact that you know, maybe he came in after signing that contract and wasn't in the greatest of shape because he has tailed off in both of those games in the second and third period. And that tailing off has cost him because he was on the ice and out of position on the two Boston goals in the second period and was the same on one of the uh, important goals uh, for Colorado. So I think it was, oh, it was the game winner, Soderbergh's game winner in the third period. So, mm. I mean, Eventually, he's going to get there, but right now, his spotty play, along with the the slumps of Matthews and other players, really are contributing to the struggles of the Leafs right now. If you're great, then go be great. Anyway, Mike, got to go. Thanks, Norman. Alrighty, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening and all of your support of this project that is the Leafs Combo. Without you, we can't do what we do. If you are interested in sponsorship or maybe running some ads on the podcast, we are certainly interested in hearing from you. You can email me directly, theleafscombo at gmail.com. For Mike, I'm Norm. Talk to you soon. The Combo is out.